Hello, friends, and welcome to the PrepWell podcast. I'm your host, Phil Black. And if you have an 8th, ninth, or 10th grader with big aspirations, like the Ivy League or military service academies like West Point, ROTC, or athletic scholarships, boom, you've come to the right place. My specialty, my superpower, if you will, is preparing families for these competitive programs. I'll teach you what your child should do, when they should do it, and how you can help. So stick around and prepare to out-prepare. Hello, friends, and welcome to the PrepWell podcast. Today, I'd like to reveal one of the most potent secret weapons in the college admissions process, your child's friendly neighborhood guidance counselor. Yes, your child's guidance counselor can play an important role in how your child will fare in the college admissions process, especially at the more selective schools. Unfortunately, few parents and students understand this fact, and even fewer take advantage of it. And by the way, as a quick public service announcement, if your child is not enrolled in Preppel Academy yet, this is another great reason to enroll them. Because inside Preppel Academy, as part of my weekly video lessons, I teach students how and why and when to do this stuff, how to connect with their guidance counselor for maximum effect. So if your child is not a prep weller yet, go sign them up. Okay, in this episode, I will reveal why guidance counselors are so important in the context of college admissions, and thus why your child should do their best to establish rapport, if not a close, ongoing, multi-year relationship with their guidance counselor. Let's start with why colleges care about guidance counselors and what input admissions officers will get from counselors that might impact your child's chances in the admissions process. In case you didn't know, when your child becomes a senior and begins to apply to colleges, their guidance counselor will submit a letter of recommendation on their behalf to the schools they apply to. It's a requirement. Now, don't get me wrong. A lot of what the counselor submits is not particularly personal. There's a lot of administrative and academic, statistical, and demographic information that gets sent, such as the classes that are offered in the high school, the average test scores, historical test scores, all normally submitted in a what they call a school profile. This information helps to contextualize the school for the admissions officer. And of course, the information includes your child's personal information like grades and their standardized test scores, their transcript, any disciplinary issues that may have crept up. In addition to this objective part of your student's profile, there's also a subjective component. Counselors have an opportunity to include a narrative about who your child is as a person, as a student, a citizen, their character, reliability, contribution to the school, volunteer work. They can also opine on your child's relative standing within the class, academically or otherwise. This can be very valuable information for an admissions officer as they want to see how your child is doing compared to their peers who go to the same school with the same program offerings and teachers and extracurricular opportunities. This gives admissions officers a much more nuanced view of your child. Now, I don't want to suggest that 
guidance counselors have enough time to write lengthy, consequential narratives about every student. Most of them don't. They have a ton on their plate. And writing long letters of recommendation for each and every student is not one of them. They simply don't have the time. You want your child to be the exception, however. You want your child's guidance counselor to be extra motivated to go the extra mile to advocate for your child, whether that's in written form, in a letter of recommendation, or on a phone call, or an email exchange with a particular admissions officer. You want your child to be a known entity in the mind of their guidance counselor for all the right reasons. I will teach your child how to be that student who stands out among the crowd. And like most things we talk about in Preppel Academy, it starts early. Why do colleges put so much stock in the guidance counselor's opinions? Well, number one, because many seasoned guidance counselors have seen hundreds, if not thousands of students come and go over the years. So presumably, they know a special student when they see one. So if the guidance counselor writes something like, I've been a counselor at XYZ High School for 27 years, and this individual is hands down one of the most motivated and accomplished and high character students I have ever come across. That would be a ringing endorsement that could move the needle. After all, this is from someone who has seen a lot of students. They have a lot of experience with presumably a lot of college-bound kids. And if your child stands out, it means something. And secondly, many college admissions officers have long-standing relationships with high school guidance counselors. They may even call them directly to get the real scoop on a particular applicant. If the college admissions officer from your child's dream school calls your child's high school guidance counselor to get the lowdown on him or her, what will that guidance counselor say about your child? That exchange could make or break their chances at some of the more selective schools. Let's switch gears for a second and talk about the student side of the equation. Why should students put so much time and energy into getting to know their guidance counselor? Well, for one, as we've just talked about, their counselor will write them a letter of recommendation in senior year, which in some cases can mean a lot. Guidance counselors also know the school's curriculum backwards and forwards. They know the classes and the progressions and the pathways. They can help steer your child into the best fit classes and teachers for them. Yes, getting input from your child's friends and talking to other parents is good, but nobody has the inside track like the guidance counselors. The guidance counselors know the best classes and the worst classes. They know the best and the worst teachers. They can anticipate problems ahead of time because they've seen a lot of them. And this is important because you want your child to get to know their guidance counselor before there's a problem or an issue, not because of a problem or an issue. For example, you don't want the first time your counselor ever meets your child to be when they're in some kind of trouble, big or small. You want their first impression to be a good impression. Then later on, once your child has solidified a stronger relationship and built up some trust and credibility, there will likely be more flexibility should something not go quite as planned. 
it's important to build up that trust early. Similarly, if your child has had or eventually goes through a tough stretch of time during high school, maybe it's a particularly bad teacher or a personal issue or grades or discipline or health or injuries or some kind of time off, the guidance counselor has the ability to provide additional information to prospective colleges to explain the situation if it needs explaining, to give some context around what was happening at the time. This can be very valuable. And lastly, and maybe most importantly, if the guidance counselor knows what your child cares about, and by that I mean, does your son or daughter value academics, or sports, or social life, or theater, or leadership? What kind of colleges do they aspire to? What do they want to major in? What are they passionate about? If the counselor knows these things about your child ahead of time, then they can keep their ears and eyes open for opportunities that might work for them, be it internships or leadership positions or summer jobs, scholarships that pop up, volunteer opportunities. Things like this come across the desks of guidance counselors all the time. Guidance counselors are often asked to nominate students for this leadership symposium or that special volunteer opportunity or a specific internship. If your child's guidance counselor doesn't know your child from a hole in the wall, they won't be top of mind when these opportunities pop up. That is not where your child wants to be. You want your child's guidance counselor to know a lot about them so they can guide them in the right direction and alert them to relevant opportunities. Okay, so let's assume I've convinced you that in a perfect world, it would be great if your child had a strong relationship with their guidance counselor during their high school career. Can we all agree to that? Probably yes. Now comes the hard part. How do you actually convince your child that this is a good idea, A, and B, what steps should they take to make this happen? And yes, a lot of the implementation of this plan will be dependent on your child's attitude and maturity and buy-in. Not every child will be ready to take on this project in ninth or 10th grade when it matters most. Even if your child is gung-ho about the idea, there can still be challenges. How accessible is your child's guidance counselor? What opportunities will your child have to make an impression? This can vary dramatically from school to school, from counselor to counselor, and from child to child. So what should or can your child do to begin to build this relationship with their guidance counselor? Well, the biggest thing they can do is to communicate from very early on, ideally beginning in ninth grade. You know, right off the bat, they should be very engaged during the class selection process. That is the selection of what classes your son or daughter wants to take during a given year. This is a counselor's bread and butter and might be the only formal meeting that your child has with their guidance counselor, unless they make arrangements on their own, which I'd like them to do and I coach them to do. Otherwise, some counselors are not open for business. They can sign up for office hours if they're offered. They can stop by the counseling office before or after school to pop their head in. Find a counselor during lunch for a chat. Send them a quick email with an update on something they accomplished. Seek out their advice. Brief them about their summer plans and ask for feedback. Provide them with an interim brag sheet or a mini resume 
that will help those counselors get to know your child without having to carve out a specific meeting during their busy school days. Let them know your child's aspirations so they'll be able to keep an eye out for opportunities for them. If they don't know anything about your child, your child's name will not be on the top of their list when opportunities pop up. I know some of these things are easier said than done, especially for a ninth or 10th grader who isn't quite sure of him or herself yet. And that's exactly the point. If your child wants to stand out from the crowd, they have to do things that the crowd doesn't do. Welcome to real life. We can't always do things that are comfortable. And yes, I know the chances of your son or daughter being able to schedule a 15-minute one-on-one meeting with their guidance counselor in the middle of the school day may be unrealistic. It may be next to impossible to do for some students in some schools. Obviously, if every student tried to do that, the guidance office would shut down for the year to accommodate these requests. Because the average ratio of students to counselors is supposed to be about 250 to 1. Unfortunately, the national average is closer to 650 or 700 to 1. So I'm not suggesting that it will be easy. I'm suggesting that it will be worth it. So please, have a chat with your child today about this topic. Ask them about their relationship or lack thereof with their guidance counselor. Listen to this podcast with them and do your best to help them develop that relationship. Chip away at it. It won't happen overnight. It's not meant to. This is a three-year operation. A few strategic conversations will go a long way. A few well-timed emails will go a long way. And combining all of these efforts will set the stage for a very successful relationship. And I wish you luck. That's all I've got for you today, folks. Thank you once again for tuning in. If you know a parent with an 8th grader, ninth, or 10th grader in high school that might find this helpful, please share this episode with them. You can do that by finding that small box with a tiny arrow pointing up. That's what we call the share button. Click that share button, text this episode to your friends with a link to the episode, and a little personal note from you recommending that they take a listen. If you have questions, comments, or an idea for an upcoming episode, I'm all ears. Please reach out to me by email, DM me on Instagram, prepwell underscore academy, check out my blog, Facebook, or LinkedIn. I would love to hear from you. Until next week, goodbye, good luck, and never stop preparing. This podcast is brought to you by PrepWell Academy. PrepWell Academy is my one-of-a-kind online mentoring program that delivers to your ninth or 10th grader a short, highly relevant video from me every week, every Sunday, in fact, where I give them a heads up about what they should be thinking about to stay ahead of the game. To get these valuable lessons into your child's hands, please head over to PrepWellAcademy.com and enroll your child today.